Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Father, I'm so thrilled to bring your word today. I'm just excited. I feel like the prophet Jeremiah. It is a fire shut up in my bones. And God, I believe it's a very appropriate word for us this morning. I believe it's a very needed, timely message for your people. And we pray, Lord, we hear it, that we be strengthened with might in our inner man, according to Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, and that the eyes of our heart and our understanding would be opened and enlightened. And Lord, we thank you, uh, John chapter uh, 15, that we will bear fruit and much fruit and fruit that would remain. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And if you agree, would you just say, oh yeah. We're in a, in a new little mini-series called Like a Tree, I Shall Be. Like a tree, I shall be. Who was not here last week? Slip up your hand if you were not here. Brooke, would you be so kind to pass one of these out uh, just to each person? We gave you a little gift last week just to go with the sermon, and uh, we got a few more here. Like a tree, I shall be. And we began to talk to you from Psalm chapter 1. I just want to read this to kind of set the table this morning. Preparing for a new season. And this is really a message that I feel that God has has burst in my heart. I've been chewing on this and meditating on this for a number of weeks now. And this is just such a powerful scripture. The Bible says, let's go to verse 1 if we can, if we have verse 1 loaded. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, How blessed is the man that's not walking in the counsel of the wicked. He's not standing in the path of sinners. He's not sitting in the seat of the scoffers and the scornful. Verse 2 says, His delight. And we talked about delight is a deep love and a deep passion. And I believe that's why you're here this morning. You have a deep hunger and a passion for the Lord and for His Word. And the law is not just the Ten Commandments. It's actually the instruction of God, the ways of God. How many of you have tried God's ways and it's, it's worked out for you pretty good? How many of you tried ways that were not of the Lord and some of you are still paying the price for some of those consequences? And so the Bible says His delight is in the law of the Lord. I'm trying to teach my children now to delight in the things of God, to delight in His Word, to delight in His way, to delight in instruction. And it says on His law, He meditates. He meditates, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Day and night. How often does He meditate? Does He just think about the things of God on Sundays? Does he just think about the things of God on Wednesdays? Day and night he meditates. And then here's our key verse, which is in that little thing that we just gave you. How many know you like to come to church and get something? Amen. It's nice to come to church and get a gift. You get good jokes from me. You get bad jokes from Pastor Rick. You get a picture frame. I mean, what a great day. It says, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Say this with me like you've had a little coffee today. Say, like a tree, I shall be. Now, this is so important because if you think about a tree and how strong it is and how stable it is, I told you the story of my grandmother's home where there was a tornado that came through and, and uh, several trees had fallen down, uh, didn't damage the house, but the biggest trees, the trees with the deepest roots, they were not moved by the storm. How many know sometimes life brings a storm? Sometimes we have challenges. Anybody ever had a challenge out there? And so the whole goal of this message, yeah, you, you, did you just point at your wife? <laughs> you may not get any dinner today. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm sitting beside one right here. Everybody stretch your hands toward Tyler and Jesus. I have an extra bedroom if, if things go bad tonight. I have an, 
<laughs> the reason we want to be like a tree is because when the storms of life come, we don't want to break. We don't want to be uprooted. We don't want to fall over. We don't want to lose our, our strength and our stability. So just look at this. He will be like a tree firmly planted. This is not a little sapling that you can just pull up or push over. This is somebody that's strong and stable and steady. But not only will you be strong and steadfast and steady. How many of you could use a little stability in your life? How many of you have met Christians who were a little unstable? It's like, geez, I don't know who I'm going to get today. Or is this nice Christian or is this bad Christian? I love it when people introduce their, this is so-and-so and he's a good Christian. Like, is there a bad Christian? I mean, is there, is there a bad, is there supposed to be a bad Christian? We want to be like a tree, we want to be strong. Now notice this, the way we're strong, I want you to underline this phrase, is we're planted by streams of water. We're planted by streams of water. That's what we're really going to dive into today. And we yield fruit in our season. We yield fruit in our season. Look at your neighbor and say, you look a little fruity today. <laughs> you look a little fruity today. But this promise is that we can yield fruit in season. And our leaf does not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Do you know there's a promise in the Bible that whatever you do when it's in God's, in God's will and, and you're meditating. Now, well, what do you mean everything I do? I'm going to go try out for the NFL tomorrow. How many know if I go try out for the NFL tomorrow, I'm going to probably have broken bones, all right? I'm not going to prosper in that. But if I meditate on God's word day and night, his scriptures will give me wisdom that the NFL is not cut out for me. So whatever I'm doing... As I'm meditating on God's word, I'm hearing his instruction. I'm hearing what God says. God says, do this. And when you do that, you have a promise that you will prosper. Do you get that in your heart? When God says, move to Knoxville and leave your family and leave that God forsaken university of Arkansas. When God sends you, when God says, come to Tennessee, let's pick on Tyler Day. When God says, move, how far away is your home? He's, he's like, 10 hours away. And God says, give up everything that you've ever known and, and, and come to a university and take a chance and take a risk. When God says, go and you go, whatever you do will prosper. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm of the conviction that now don't take this prideful, but I want to get this heart in you. And it's not just me, but it, it's just it's the way the Lord is working in me. I'm of the conviction that anything that I do is going to work out. I just believe it. You can ask my wife. It'll be so funny. She gives me a hard time about it. I'm the helium balloon, and she's the little weight that help, keeps me grounded in the right place. You know, she's, she keeps me grounded. It is very true. We'll go ice skating. We went ice skating a couple of winters ago, and I made like two really good passes, and I was like, man, I should have been a figure skater, you know? <laughs> I, just, I just believe anything that I do is going to work out. Well, well, you're very prideful. No, I have a promise. I will be like a tree. I'll be firmly planted by streams of living water. Whatever I do, I will yield fruit in season. My leaf will not wither, and whatever I do will prosper. I pray this over myself. And I pray this over my family. And some of you are thinking, you should pray this over your preaching a little bit more. I'm working on it, people. I'm working on it. But whatever I do, when I'm hearing from God, is going to prosper. This is a promise that we have. Now, we gave you a PowerPoint for life, and it's simply this. Your spiritual health will bleed over into our natural physical situation and circumstances. Our physical thing, when our soul is prospering and we're clicking with the things of God, we will see residual benefits in our natural circumstances. Now, how many of you know trees don't grow overnight? They take time. Pastor Rick, there's not a lot of people preaching about the time that it takes 
from seed, time, and harvest. Say that with me. Seed, time, and harvest. We live in a microwave Christianity society where we want seed and time. Tom, how long does it take for corn to grow? It takes some time. How long does it take for trees to grow? It takes some time. So can God accelerate? Can God do things in a quicker way? Absolutely. But there's seed, time, and harvest. And if you are not firmly planted and rooted in the things of God by the streams of living water, which represents in Scripture the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, then you will not have the unction to stand and wait with patience for, for this to show up in your life. So I need two volunteers. We'll pick my two front row guys. So Joseph, if you could stand here. Hebrews 13 talks about faith and patience. Meshach, if you would come and stand here. So Meshach is believing God for something. I don't know what it is. Don't have to tell us, but he's believing God. And he is, he's, he is like a tree firmly planted. He's planted with faith and patience. Faith and patience. He's waiting on God, believing God, meditating, speaking his word. So just keep saying, I believe God. I believe God. Okay, and every time he says, the thing is coming closer. Every time he says, the thing is slowly coming, slowly coming. He's believing God, man. But you know what? He's He's been believing God for two and a half years. And every time he says, I believe God, it comes a little closer. A little closer. Man, he's been, now he's been believing God for three years. But he looks around and nothing has changed. Nothing is different. So he gets tired and he sits down. And the promise passes right by. Because he's not like a tree firmly planted by the... Come on, can we give our volunteers a big hand? I want you to see that. Because we, we, if we don't see the results instantly... And thank God for instant. Man, I've had this... This has been a great week of some instant things that I've seen. But even then, it may appear instant, but even then, it's still seed time and harvest. It's still a harvest of seeds that, I, that I've been sowing throughout the years. So let me just encourage you that, that be like a tree, firmly planted. And not only maybe did Meshach look around and give up, but maybe the storms of life came. Come up here. Let me show you again. I'm going to huff and puff. I'm going to blow your house down. Maybe the big bad wolf has been huffing and puffing, and maybe now the house fell, and the promise of God missed it. They don't, they don't intersect because he's not like a tree firmly planted by the streams of living water. Somebody say, like a tree I shall be. So let's jump back in to verse 3. I want to want to move on here in this. Trees will be planted by the riverbanks, by the streams. They'll bear fruit in each season. Their leaves will not wither. So our focus today for the next few minutes is really to be planted by the streams of water. You know, water is so important. You can live weeks without food, but you can only live days without water. Water is the life source, TC. If you ever watch those shows where they're stranded on an island and they're trying to survive or, or whatever, which it's like, I can, I, in my head I picture the cameraman sitting over there eating Cheetos, you know, while they're filled with these people, you know, trying to survive. The first thing they do is they look for water. We've got to find water. Got to find water. Look at Psalm 104. This paints a beautiful picture of how necessary water is to us and how God provided this. It says here in Psalm 104 and verse 10, God makes the streams pour into the water, into the ravens, and the streams push down from the mountains. And it says in verse 11, they provide water for all the animals, the wild donkeys, quench their thirst. 
the birds nest beside streams and they sing among the branches. Can you see the life next to the water? Do you know why we have cities along rivers? Because people would go to the water. People would find the water source. They would find the river and they would colonize and set up towns and cities. The birds nest in the branches and the trees. Verse 13, you send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home. You fill the earth with the fruit of your labor. You cause the grass to grow. This again is water, livestock, and plants for people to use. You allow them to to eat produce from the earth. Water is life. So if we're going to live and we're going to be strong and stable and steady, we've got to be planted by streams of living water. Doesn't this sound like Psalm 23, 1 through 3, the Lord is my shepherd? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Notice the restoration of the soul is next to the quiet waters. There's a parallel there. What about Psalm 46, 4? This is one of my favorite scriptures. Psalms 46 and verse 4 says this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the dwelling place of the Most High. There is a river. And the streams of that river make the city of God glad. And Revelation 22 says that's the river of life flowing from the throne of God. We've got to be planted in the river. What about Amos 5.24? Some of you thought Amos was a cookie guy, but he's actually in the Bible. It's actually a prophet in the Bible. Let justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This kind of reminds me of John 7, 37. On the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowds, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Jesus is saying, I am the living water. If you are thirsty, come to me and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And so as you are filled with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, there's a river on the inside of you. But we have to learn how to tap into it. You see, you needed the river of God to be a tree firmly planted, and God put the river on the inside of you. He gave you everything that you need to be like a tree firmly planted by the water. And the Bible goes on to say this in verse 39. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit that would be given to everyone who believes. So this morning, I just want to give you something very, very simple. I want to give you some powerful principles to be planted by the river. You like that? There we go. There's your alliteration. Powerful principles to be planted by the river. Just a few things here that are going to help us so much if we take this in. This message is so simple. Do not, do not miss the, the profoundness of what God is saying to us because of the simplicity of the message. Powerful principles to be planted by the river. Number one, sit still. Have you know, I heard that a lot as a child. <laughs> That's, I thought, the only command my parents knew. Sit still, sit still. Anybody else in the house? What I'm talking about is not just physically sitting still, although that is important. I'm talking about really also on the inside, being able to be at rest and sitting still. Now, I'm also going to pull this in to the physical. We need to actually learn how to sit still and be quiet and listen to what the Lord is saying. We live in a very movement-oriented society. There's a lot of motion and commotion. That's what I put in my notes. How many feel, feel like life is always moving? Life is always going. I've got four children, one wife, two houses, two cars, full-time job. Life is always moving. It never stops. 
It's like a freight train. Once it gets going, it's just... But we have to train ourselves, Mary. We have to teach ourselves to sit still and let the Lord talk to us and let the Lord lead us. And so I want to walk through some of these passages here with you. Look at Psalm 4610. Look at your neighbor and say, sit still. Sit still. This... This will help you. And if your pastor can learn how to do this, everybody in the house can learn how to do this. The Bible declares in Psalm 46.10, be still and know. If we're always going and always moving and always texting and always on Facebook and always on Instagram, nothing. I'm not saying anything's wrong with those. If the TV is always on, when we have dinner time at our home, I have the kids go turn the TV off. Why in the world do we need the TV on in the background when we're sitting down to eat dinner? Let's have some quiet. Let's just practice it. Just sit still and just listen. Isn't that nice? Don't get too used to it. I've got more notes, okay? But notice here, be still and know. You know why we have a lot of people that aren't knowing God? Because they're not being still enough to know God. They're not being still. And I do this, I'm guilty, but when I do it, it's... I'm really, it's something for work or urgent that I have to do, and I, I really try not to do this, but I'll go to the beach. We'll be walking on the sunset. It'll be beautiful, the ocean, and it's just, and I've driven 12 hours to get to this lovely beach, and there are people just walking on the beach like this. <laughs> They're looking at a picture of a sunset on YouTube. I mean, just, <laughs> you're at the beach. Put the phone away. We've got to learn to be still and settle our hearts. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be honored in every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The, ampli- uh, the, the New American Standard says, Cease striving and know that I'm God. Cease striving and know that I'm God. How often do you put yourself in position for God to speak to you? I told you God talks to me in the shower. It's because it's, it's where I've dedicated that time where I, I don't have anybody to talk to. Just doing my shower deal. Quiet. Man, the Lord can speak to me. Are you learning to meditate? There's three things I focus on, Tyler, when I'm just sitting still and I'm listening to the Lord. And, and you don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. When we sit with God, we talk the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. We think prayer is the motor going blah, 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 blah. And God's saying, would you just hush for a minute? Would you just sit still for a minute? I have received more revelation and more faith and more strength in my heart by shutting my mouth than anything else. Yes, speak the word. Yes, pray. Yes, tell God what you need. But sometimes just sit and let him impart something into your spirit. The Bible says deep cries out to deep. God is a spirit. We are spirit being. Let the spirit of God just speak into your spirit. You don't always have to have music on. You don't always have to have the phone going. Learn to sit still. I have a challenge for you. Are you ready? And if I say this and you're like, man, I could never do that. We have a problem. That's why we're preaching the message. I'm asking you this week just to test, test the waters. Five minutes a day. I just want you to practice sitting still before the Lord. Five minutes a day. I can't, where can I find that time? Figure it out. Lock yourself in the bathroom. Whatever you have to do. All the mamas said, amen. That's what, that's what mamas have to do. Where's your mother? She's in the van in the garage. You know, it's like she's hiding. She's hiding, eating cookies like nobody will see me. You know, whatever you have to do this week, five minutes. Am I speaking the truth here? Amen. That's right. Bathroom, van. It's like, so five minutes a day. Take the challenge to do nothing but sit still and think about God's goodness, His faithfulness, and His love. 
Just meditate in your mind. The word meditate in Hebrew means to mull over and over and over again. Meditate on God's goodness over and over. Ask the Holy Spirit to settle your mind. There's a man named Ol Halsby, and he was a leading Christian author and teacher in Norway in World War II, and he really brought his church, national church, in opposition to the Nazis and everything that was going on. And he found himself in a concentration camp for two years. And he wrote this, and now he's written some devotionals that are really insightful. This is what he wrote. The greatest blessing connected with stillness is that we can hear eternity. We can hear the voice of the eternal one as he speaks to our conscience. You know, if there's anybody that knew about sitting still and and sitting in the river of God, it was King David. He wrote some beautiful psalms that we're going to look at. And so I want us to turn in your Bible to Psalm 27. Do you have your Bibles? Turn over there, Psalm 27. I want to show you some things this morning that are really going to help you. Now, most people say this is a psalm written of David early in his life. And they believe David was on the run from King Saul. If you know anything about Bible history, uh, King Saul was being demoted as king, and David was being promoted as king, and there was a lot of friction there. And King Saul and his men and his militaries were out to kill the, king, uh, the new king, David. And so David was hiding in caves. He was in uh, foxholes. He was out in the, in the wilderness. And he had a lot of time to sit, and he had a lot of time to sit still, and he had a lot of time to be quiet. And he had a lot of time to just ponder about the things the Lord is saying. So the Bible says in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I can see David hearing something outside of the cave. And he can be rustling outside. He's thinking Saul is outside ready to come and kill him. David has a promise over his life. You're going to be king of Israel. You've been anointed king. And and he's afraid and he says, The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I believe David talked to himself. He said, the Lord is my defense. Whom shall I dread? Look at verse 2. He goes on and writes, when evildoers came up to me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and enemies, they stumble and fell. We think we've had a bad day if our co-worker doesn't say hello. We think we've had a bad day if the guy on Interstate 40 cuts us off. We think we've had a bad day if our boss passed us up on a promotion for someone else or a student gets offended. So many people get offended because who, who knows what? David said, they're trying to devour my flesh. I mean, no, we've not had a day that bad. Notice this here in verse 3. The Bible says, a host encamp against me, but my heart, verse 3, will not fear. I want you to say that when we say, my heart will not fear. Notice this, that David did not allow his heart to go the way of his outward circumstances. I mean, no, this is a storm in life. This is a bad day. People desire to devour my flesh, but yet something on the inside of David, even though outwardly there was chaos, outwardly there was challenge, outwardly there was opposition, on the inside he said, my heart will not fear. Why? Because it sounds a lot like the guy that said, you shall be like a a stream, like a tree planted by the streams of living water. There was a tree on the inside of David. Notice this here. The war rises against me. In spite of all this, in spite of my negative situations, I shall be confident. But as the example with Meshach, so many Christians cast away their confidence and they never intersect with the promises of God. He said in verse 4, One thing I've asked from the Lord and one thing I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Let's keep this one up, Jared, if you can. 
He said, I will behold the beauty of the Lord and I will meditate in his temple. I want you to see a few phrases here. Number one is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I was reading through this and the Lord prompted me to do a, a study on this word. I don't just randomly flip through words and say, let's see what they mean. When I'm studying Tyler for a message, the Lord will prompt me in my spirit and say, there's more to this word. And every time he does that, it's like a, an explosion goes off in my heart of what the Lord is saying. This is the Hebrew word yashav, the word dwell, yashav. Listen what yashav also means and is translated as. Are you ready? To settle down or sit down. Somebody say, come on. It means to be still and it means to tarry or remain. So David is saying there's a lot of outward chaos going on around me, but I will settle down. I will be still in your presence. One thing I seek all the days of my life, I seek to settle down and sit down. I seek to be still. And when I am still, I can behold the beauty of the Lord. And I can meditate to ponder, to roll over and over again. I can speak. I can imagine. The word meditate also means to imagine. Get this now. I can imagine. Somebody say imagine. So David is in a cave, possibly. He's quiet. He's dirty. He's hungry. He's running for his life. But yet in his heart, he can see a better day. In his heart, he can imagine a better day. Look at verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. He's imagining. He says, and, and in the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me on a rock. David is there, and he's cold, and it's damp, and, and Saul is out to get him. But he's meditating on God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his love. And David sees himself standing high on a rock, unafraid. Because there's a tree on the inside of David. Look what he says in verse 6. David goes on to declare in Psalm 27 and 6, My head will be lifted above my enemies. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices and shouts for joy. Get this revelation. David is hiding from his life. He's whispering. He's telling them to go here. He has to be so quiet. Every, everything he says is a calculation that someone can hear. They have to be so quiet when they move. But yet in his heart, he sees himself being on a mountain shouting for joy. He's imagining. Do you see how powerful meditating on God's greatness, his faithfulness, and his love? He says, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Why? Because there is a tree on the inside of David. So number one, you got to sit still and know that I'm God. Number two, the second powerful principle to be planted by the river, number two is you have to stand up. What is this, Christian aerobics? Yes, sit still. Do that for a minute and then stand up. Stand up here equates to what I believe is worship. So we're going to sit still, meaning, Joseph, we're going to position ourselves to hear from the Lord. We're going to settle our hearts and minds. Then we're going to stand up. Stand up as a posture in Scripture over and over again of, of worship. That's why we have you stand when we sing. It's not just because we want you to stand. That's what everybody does. There's a scriptural precedent. When we worship and honor God and His Word, people stand. Look at Psalm 33 and verse 6. So we're going to position ourselves. Then we're going to stand up. We're going to worship the Lord, which will help us be planted by the streams of living water. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. 
The Bible says in verse 7, he assigned the sea its boundaries and he locked in the oceans with vast reservoirs. Verse 8, let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. So once you sit still and meditate on God's goodness and his love and his faithfulness, then you can stand in awe of the Lord. Look at Psalm 40 and verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. How many of you have ever been in the pit of despair? How many of you are in the pit of despair now? The Bible says he lifted me out of the pit of the despair. Verse 2, Psalm 40, verse 2. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground. He gave me and steadied me as I walked along. Another translation says he gave me a firm place to stand. He gave me a firm, I was on mud and mire and he lifted me up and he gave me a firm place to stand. Now look what I can do, verse 3. Now he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and be amazed at what God has done and they will put their trust in the Lord. Like a tree, I shall be. First Chronicles 23, 30, the Levites every morning and every evening stood before the Lord and they sung they sang songs of thanks and praise to the Lord. So you got to sit still and listen to the Lord, position yourself. Then you got to stand up and worship five minutes a day. Don't get legalistic about it, but it's every single day, morning and night. Take time to set your heart on the goodness of God. Number three, the third powerful principle to make you planted by the streams of living water so you can be like a tree and not be moved is to set your mind to set your mind. This means to, we could also say, renew your mind. How many of you have ever heard the term renew your mind? This could be meditating. I wrote this in my notes. Hear God, see God, and know God. So I'm sitting still, putting my, I'm quiet before the Lord. Then I'm going to move into a time where I can, can worship. And, and you may stand, you can sit and kneel, but, but the standing represents a posture of worship. And then from that worship, I set my mind on the things of God. Five minutes a day. This will help with mental weariness, mental fatigue. How many of you struggling and, and deal with and resist mental fatigue? All of us in the room. Look at Colossians 3, 1 and 2. We got to set our minds. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Don't let what's going on in the world talk to you more than the things of God. Let me say that again. Don't let what's going on in the world, don't let what's going on in your world talk to you more than the things of God can speak to you. How many of situations talk to us? How many of pain in your body can speak to you? How many of depression can speak to you? I mean, on a Friday morning, discouragement can speak to you because maybe things didn't go like you thought on a Thursday. Or maybe you, you studied for this test and you studied and studied and maybe the grade wasn't there. Maybe you're concerned your parents are going to be disappointed. Don't let those things speak to you more. Maybe your employer kind of has it out for you. And every day you go to work, it's a battle. It's a fight. And it's all you can do to stay a Christian. Don't let these things talk to you more. In the word of God, keep seeking the things above. Set your mind. Look at verse 2. Keep seeking the things of God. Set your mind. Somebody say, set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Now look at Romans 12 too. I want to show you this, something really powerful here. We're going to set our minds. I want you to underline three words in this passage in your heart. And do not be conformed. Somebody say conform. conform. 
to this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. Transform. By the renewing of your mind. Say renewing. renewing. I want you to look at conform, transform, and renew. Do not be conformed to this world. That means don't fashion your life after the world. Don't build your life and conform to the world's standards in your mind and character. But be transformed. That's the Greek word metamorpho. We get our English word metamorphosis from it. And it actually means to change form, to go from one form to another. So in your natural mind, you're set this way, the way of the world. But in our minds, we can transform and renew. That word renew actually means to renovate as a complete change for the better. It's a facelift in our mind. And I, I put this in my notes. Some of us, we're going to be getting a facelift. Amen? It's a spiritual facelift. It means to renovate for the better. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, we renovated our home. And some of the neighbors came over and hadn't seen the house. And it was in real bad shape. And they said, we want to see what you guys are doing. And they came over and they could not believe the total transformation. And one guy liked it so much. We had a wall down the middle of the deal and there's a hallway and his house was very similar he went home and next thing i know there's a construction crew over at his house and he was knocking down walls and putting in carpet and flooring and all that because he liked it so much because it was a totally radical change in your mind in your place of peace with god god wants to don't be conformed to the world transform go to a new form and he wants to completely rejuvenate and renovate your mind and your thinking. Why? That way when the storms of life come, like a tree I shall be. This is not going to blow me away. This is not going to move me. This is not going to uproot me because like a tree I shall be. Now let me give you this phrase and we're going to move on. When we walk in the will of God, notice it says when we're transformed, our mind is renewed, we may prove what the will of God is. How many of you have said, I want to know what the will of God is. I want to know what God's will is. When you're not conforming to the world, you're transforming by the renewing of your mind, which is what God says about you. The Bible declares that you will then know what the will of God is. It is a good will. It is well-pleasing. It is acceptable. And it is perfect. This only happens as we renew our mind. What do we renew our minds to? I shall be like a tree. Firmly planted by streams of life. I will produce fruit. I will not wither. I will prosper in everything that I do. So I want to get this in your mind and your heart. Number four. Let me help you close this out today. Number four. The fourth powerful way to stay planted by the river of God is to stay put. Look to your neighbor and say, be a stayer putter. Not a runner awayer. Now, I'm putting this out there to you because this will help you in your future. But I'm also putting this on the podcast for folks that we don't know who, who may be listening. But we don't, we don't really have a, a problem with this here. But, but it is something that we need to know, we need to hear. We need to stay put and settled where God has planted us in a number of areas. In our jobs, I see people just hop from job to job to job. In families, people just duck out and run out on families. I see it in churches. People go to a different church every six months. Dear me, that is so hurtful to you in your walk with God. And we don't have a lot of... Notice people that come stay. You know why? Because we don't have a bunch of church hoppers. That's, I'm telling you, it's, it is so unhealthy to just be hopping from job to job to job. You never plant. You never take roots. You, you know, you can take a plant and you can transplant it one time and it'll do okay. You transplant it again. Every time you transplant it, the fruit is reduced. And so we just, we, we live in a culture who, can we, can we say honestly, bounces around on everything. This car this year, this car next year. We live in a culture that doesn't understand roots. They don't understand staying put. 
They don't understand being planted in a good family, being planted in a good job, being planted in a good church, being planted in a good discipleship group. We live in a culture that just doesn't understand that you got to be planted to get roots. Look at Psalm 92, 12 through 14. The righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, like a tree I shall be. Look in verse uh, 13. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. we got so many Christians who are not flourishing because they're not planted. And the Lord showed me something here, Joseph. If you'll go back to verse 13, I want you to see this. Planted in the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? It's not an address on a building. The house of the Lord is people. Never seen this scripture before, Carol. People always use this. You've got to be planted and grounded and rooted into a local church, which is true. Local churches are so important. But you know what? The house of the Lord for some of your students can be the D group. So how many of you want to, be, how many of you want to flourish? Let me see your hand. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 14. How many of you want to yield fruit in old age? Some of you are like, my clock is ticking. need to hurry. <laughs> how many of you want to bear fruit when you're old? How many of you met very unfruitful old people? <laughs> so let me ask you again. How many of you want to bear fruit when you're old? How many of you want to be full of sap? Any takers? Man, you're full of sap, Susan. And I mean that love of the Lord, you know. <laughs> you know what sap is? Sap is like the life of a tree. Dead trees do not produce sap. Trees that have been blown over do not continue to produce and make sap. So sap is good. And they'll be very green. Look at the next part. Does, is there a next one? No, I'm sorry. You can go back. So they'll be very green. They'll, they'll bear fruit. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. They'll still bear fruit in old age. And they'll be full of sap, full of life. Sap is for others. It has external benefits. It's, it's amazing. They'll be very green and fresh and flourishing. How many of you want to be green and fresh and flourishing in your spirit? Like a tree I shall be. So I want you to get this picture here, this imagery. Those that are planted. If you are continually hopping to a different D group, if you're continually hopping to a different church, if you're continually hopping to different jobs, you will not have the chance to be rooted and grounded. Jasmine, wave at everybody. When Jasmine first came to our church, she was a part of the Kaiapha ministry on UT under Chuck and Lori. And what they tell you, I remember, I remember the first time I met Jasmine. It was, it was years ago. They said, Jasmine, find a church and marry it. Find a church and marry it. And she came around. I said, why do you keep coming back? She said, well, Chuck told me to find a church and marry it. So I found you guys and I'm going to marry you. And don't we love Jasmine? Come on. And we don't have that problem here. We don't have a lot of people that come and go and come and go and come and go. But listen, you may not always be here. You may not be always under this teaching. Yes, get out of bad situations. I'm not telling you to stay in bad situations. But find somewhere and be planted. Let roots grow. Let roots grow and develop. Last verse. Is this helping anybody anywhere? If not, would you at least fake it and act like it? Because I put a lot of work into this. Isaiah 61. That's why H2H is so important, our house-to-house -house meetings. That's why coming and hanging out on Wednesday nights and asking one another to lunch. And, and Pastor Rick and Susan are so good at relationships and developing. The, the Lord showed me this in a great way. Those planted in the house of the Lord, not those who attend church. Major difference, we just attend church. And that's okay, please attend church, okay? But that even just, plant, even just attending church is not planted. I'm planted with Pastor Rick. I'm planted with some of you. 
I'm plant- now, you can't be planted with everybody in the building, but you got to be planted with somebody. You need that relationship. You need that connection. You need that group, that community. And if it's hard for you, and if you're like, well, I do okay by myself, that is a lie. No man does okay by theirself. Nobody. Nobody. You want to be alone at your funeral or a funeral of somebody you love? Nobody does okay alone. We need each other. Well, I just don't like being around people. Well, you are not going to like heaven. <laughs> you might want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit so you don't have to deal with going to heaven. You'll be in an isolated cell in hell somewhere. I mean, just just talk about it. Let's be honest. If you don't like people, maybe we can take that out of the CD. I don't know if that will come across okay on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not wishing hell on anyone. <laughs> Trying to make an example here. Jesus came so that you could be firmly planted in the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? It's people. Would you just tell your neighbor, you are the house of the Lord. I want you to, listen, you, let me say this again. Jesus came, are you ready? And, and, and as a pastor, I can't like connect you. I can't make you connect. You have to initiate that and you have to push into that and lean into that. I can provide opportunities. We can provide family feud game night. We can provide chili cook-off. We can provide square dance. We can provide Christmas parties. We can provide house to house. But you have to, you have to dig in a little bit to connect with people. Jesus came so that you could connect to the house of God. You've never seen this before. I'm going to show you this in a powerful way. Jesus fulfilled the will of God for you to be planted in the house of God. What is the house of God? It's people. Look at Isaiah 61. You've probably never seen this before. This is also, Jesus quoted this in Luke 4, last scripture. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. This is, Jesus quoted this. He read from it. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisons will be freed. Look at verse 2. He sent me to tell those who mourn. This is the time of the Lord's favor. It's common. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Look at verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty. To all who mourn, he will give a crown of beauty. Do you see how God loves to take your mess and your problems and give you his grace and peace? A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. I mean, no, I'm on the right team. I'm serving the right God. Look at verse 3a or 3b. In their righteousness, are you ready? In their righteousness, meaning in our walk with God, in our New Testament salvation, they will be like great oak trees that the Lord has planted for his own glory. There's an oak tree in me. Some of you look at me and see a little nut, but there's an oak tree in me. There's an oak tree in every acorn. You may look a little nutty right now, but I believe there's an oak tree in you. You know what makes this church so special? When you walk in the door, some people see a nut, acorn. Man, I see an oak tree. Brooke, there's an oak tree on the inside of you. Bree, there's an oak tree on the inside of you. Joyce, there's an oak tree on the inside of you. Rincon, some people look at you and maybe they don't see what they see. This, that. There's an oak tree on the inside of you. I believe there's a tree on the every one of you. But that tree needs to be planted by streams of living water. So look at the four again, Jared. Number one, sit still. Number two, stand up and worship. 
worship team, if you could stand up and come to the stage. Set your mind. And then stay put. Satan loves to make people uh, anxious and loves to make people give up before they need to. In your marriage, stay planted. In your church, stay planted. On your job, stay faithful. Just stay faithful. And let the Lord transplant you if needed. But don't be transplanting yourself. You'll never have roots. You'll never have fruit. Amen. Pastor Rick, I'm going to come up and play and we're going to sing. When I'm done, would you come up and pray over us and lead us? And Let's bring the lights down. We're just going to sing a, a song about the river of God together. And I believe the Lord's going to help us. Candy, would you lead us in a prayer as we get ready for this song? Lord, I just thank you so much that we are, there is an oak tree in each one of us, Lord, that, that as we are planted in you, that we can stand strong through the storms of life, that we can stand strong through anything, no matter what comes at us in life, Lord, that, that we can stand firm in you and, and just wait for the promises that, that we have in you to come our way, Lord. Lord, we thank you that, that who we are in you is a, tree, is a tree that can stand strong, Lord. We thank you for, for who you are and the promise that, you, that we have in you. There is a river whose stream There's a fountain full of grace. Just receive God's grace today.
One more time, let's sing about the fountain that's full of grace. stand together and sing that again. Father, we thank you again for your goodness and how much you love us. We thank you that we really can be planted by a river and be that we're planted in you. And we thank you that whereas we're planted in you, that we are can be unmovable when trials come. Lord, help us all to remember this week for the next few days just to be still and just acknowledge who you are and to be still and sit and listen that you speak great things to us through your Holy Spirit. We love you today, Lord. We thank you for this message we've heard today. Thank you for our church family and how much we love each other. And we thank you again, Lord, for how much you love us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. I will rejoice and